And, and I think that brings up a, a, a couple of other topics to touch on. One is um, I think we're way, even way more fluid than that. And that we don't even think about like PTO as like half days or taking time off in the afternoon. Like, you know, there's no concept of, Hey, I'm taking the afternoon off. Well, what? I don't care. Like, you know, it is, it isn't a formal thing, but I understand that is a formal thing in lots of companies that an afternoon is a half day of PTO. I get that. We don't, but we don't think of it that way. Um, and I think that. Goes- Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Where'd you get them from? Someone send them to you? So, well, I do this, uh, the Universal Yums box. Okay. It's a monthly subscription where every month you get a box of goodies from a different country. And this month it's India. And it's it's spicy. Nice. Because that's what I was curious, like, was it authentic or was it something like you got being picked up at the grocery store? I mean, I never know how authentic these are, but supposedly, like... It's it's authentic in that it's produced and sold in the country of origin. Now, if it's what the locals eat, probably not. I have no idea. Okay, but, but it's closer. It's than fine. Something. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not and, something and that you would normally see in your local grocery store. And that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So nice, it's fun. Nice. It's fun. But I, for me, I, I mean, it's just little, little like snack, you know, little things. It's not like this huge thing. For me, the more interesting thing is it comes with a little booklet that talks about the food in the area where you're, you're getting the box from and, and the specific flavors of each of the items that are in the box, why it's important to that region or that area. So it's kind of fun Mm -hmm. learning about the food uh, customs of, of different countries. Excuse me. So very cool. Sorry about that. I just, I just realized it wasn't using my microphone. Oh, I was going to say all of a sudden your, your uh, audio just went, went to like radio quality be good yeah every now and then like usually Streamyard remembers the settings but then every yeah. now and then it doesn't so i have to go in and, and adjust it and, and then, then I'm i think these at, airpods are back and ready to die I'm, I'm i'm looking at and i'm wondering why um you know we're not being asked to contribute because we've been a, a partner for like seven years this month or i guess what do they do every every two months? So this mm-hmm. is the July August issue of HBR. Know what your customers want even before they do. I mean, you know, just saying. I mean, I'll, I'll mention something to them because <laughs> I know we, we've kind of teased it, but maybe I'll really kind of push. Like, no, seriously, hey, how, like I, how can I was we talk- contribute. I was talking to I was talking to someone I know yesterday, and she writes for several online publications and she's like she's like yeah and i'm kind of talking about maybe writing for for harvard business review and i'm like we literally know the people that put all of this together and i don't think we've ever like really said oh by the way we we want to we want to contribute and play 
So yeah, I think we maybe do one of these days. We 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 yeah. teased it a couple times. But I think we just need to straight up ask. I agree, because the answer is always going to be no until you do. That's right. That's right. That is right. How was uh? So we had uh, we ran some reruns. You were out on vacation. Yep. Yep. Vacation. Vacation was good. Vacation was was fun. Um, and actually, that's going to tie perfectly into to our episode. Uh, and that was not that was perfect. not planned, by the way. That was just off. That was off the cuff. Yeah, no, I, I want to say it up front. Like that's actually going to tie into into our topic for today. But no, it, it, it was great. Um, was able to completely disconnect from work. Was able to 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 just be able to. I'm mean, again. I'm not going to say it was relaxing. There was a lot we were getting done, but you know, a lot lot we were doing. But overall, yeah. it was fun. It was nice. It was, it was like I love the beach. I think we're eventually going to move there. Can't right now. You know, have some family obligations in this area. But it's close enough that we can visit. In fact, actually, we're already talking about next Friday. I'm going to take the day off, and we're going to do do a day trip, back up the truck with all the beach stuff, awesome. and go spend the day at the beach. I would then, also like to move to the beach. Yeah, I mean, there's just something fun about being at the beach. There's it, there's a different pace of life. Yeah, and especially, I mean, probably not right now, but you mentioned going down to the shore in the the off season kind of being mm. even a slower kind of just lazy yeah nice pace of life well we actually have a week planned in at the end of september to to go down so i'm gonna, I'm gonna nice. take another week off and yeah like it, it'll actually be like we've been talking about it for a couple of years where you've actually finally been able to make it happen where we're going down for a vacation in in the off season and like september into early october it is still really nice mm. um you know they call their uh september local summer because the weather's still really nice it's still really warm but all the tourists have gone because most of those towns like their population more than doubles yeah i bet um and i mean it's like i want to say like they're the population i think the way you can look at it drops by 80 percent right after labor day Mm. uh that's how big the summer population is so the the locals wait until september and then like the kids go back to school but then they head to the beach right after school those first couple weeks of school um so you know and and honestly it's a lot of the people that have kids who aren't school age that's when they go down so we're gonna do it and if all things go well i would love to grab three weeks down there next next september Mm. because the september after that we'll be sending the kiddo to kindergarten that's so, cool. like go down for three weeks maybe not take off the entire three weeks work for part of it down there um but like spend all of september living at the shore that would be awesome yeah do you do you think the locals go somewhere else during the height of tourist season or do they stick around um i mean a lot of them work there they uh, work in the area yeah um but yeah i think they they they'll, they'll take their summer vacation <laughs> elsewhere yeah yeah always interests me how that dynamic works so, well, very cool. I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting to receive some sort of package in the mail with uh, coffee from the shore. Okay, I will hint, send you some. Hint, hint. That <laughs> <laughs> was I, good I, last I, time. I was there. Was you sent me a couple bags, a couple different, I think, a couple um, of different flavors. Yeah, and they they roast them right there on the boardwalk. And we talked about it, you know, with with like 
with wine, you have this whole concept of what do they call it? The terroir with like the climate and the soil and a barking dog every time that impacts the flavor. But I swear, I'm like, I taste some of the salty sea air brine in these, these beans. It's probably psychological, but you know, there's something to yeah. where it's roasted and how it's roasted impacting the, the flavor. Yeah. And like, again, they have like a total like surf vibe too yeah like they, they have this one flavor i'm gonna have to try um i just saw for the first time they call it riptide mm. you know so like everything everything is beach themed like all of their blends are beach themed so riptide i kind of you sent me one something pirate the pirate um, blend and pirate the boardwalk blend, blend. And boardwalk yeah yeah awesome and the reason i need it is i've started and i don't know how long this is gonna uh continue but i've started collecting coffee bags okay so so bags that i've had and i've 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 used i'm keeping one one version one copy of the bag as kind of a mm. memory of that that bean um and uh, i had someone visit me from from greece um about a month ago and on his way here he stopped in london and picked up a couple of bags from from london and he brought me so i've added those to my collection so i need to add the boardwalk ones back to my collection okay lost those bags so yeah all right my grandpa collected uh although he did he smoked he smoked cigarettes for a part of his life but never cigars but he had this like huge collection of cigar boxes okay uh that i thought was like super cool like oh these look cool and like the artwork on them was so cool so anyway Very tangent cool. tangent no no it's fine it's totally fine that's what we do um but yeah you know speaking of of time off um i i actually want to take a couple of episodes before getting back into analytics and whatnot i've got some, you know, to tease to tease the folks out there we definitely have some uh, some analytics episodes coming up but what i want to spend a couple episodes on is job hunting and recruiting you know at least uh, mm. the, the broad overall topic there yeah um you know for, for a couple of reasons you know up until recently we've been seeing a lot of people um moving into to new positions uh, there was the the great resignation a lot of people taking on and that's not just me right like you're seeing that all over LinkedIn, i was seeing that too you know a lot Crazy. of people you know taking new jobs and then unfortunately what we've been seeing in recent weeks is, is we definitely have been seeing the um yeah know, people people being let go yeah, from, from positions as well so you're seeing a lot of job hunting going on yeah um and you and I have had a couple other conversations off to the side recently about how like salary while important um, often gets looked at as, as the key or the only deciding factor, you know, people may be leaving a job where they have a lot of other non-salary related benefits uh, for a salary that maybe gets them an extra $5,000 more, uh, you know, and, and while initially, that 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 turns out to be great they start to realize maybe what they're missing uh we've, we've had a couple conversations around this recently so one of the other things too with summertime we always come back to to the topic of unlimited paid time off um we we did our first episode on it three years ago and i remember wrapping up that episode the discussion really opened your eyes so part of the reruns that we did while i was out last week was um that that initial 
episode titled is unlimited time off really unlimited and there were a lot of things that i remember you walking away with i saw the light bulb go off halfway through the conversation where you realized that like we kind of came to the conclusion that a lot of times it's a bait and switch it's it it's it's pitched as this this great benefit that you know maybe people really can't take advantage of or or or, or whatever um and that it's it's actually problematic and then a year after that we did another episode just revisiting that um so again i want to touch base again on it um on a an, a quick tangent um listening to to some other podcasters and 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 just again trying to continue to to hone my skills doing this trying to make this better and better um one of the things i've i've heard people talk about i've read about is is those that are in pro- professionally in broadcasting like they went to school for broadcasting one of the key things they're taught is that you constantly need to set context for for people because you you constantly have new new listeners joining um and because one of the things i've realized is we're into episode 200 and some i've i've always tried of to avoid us repeating ourselves but then i'm starting to think maybe am i doing a disservice and I'm not talking about the the idea of maybe cycling through the same 10 topics over and over again, but the idea of maybe going back and revisiting topics or, yeah, sometimes you need to reset the context frequently because, you know, we've learned new things, different experiences, yeah. right? Yeah. New experiences, maybe our opinions have changed, but then also new listeners as well. You know, we, we you know, you can't expect at this point for someone to go back and listen to uh, all 217 episodes prior to this. So that is my long babbling, rambling way of introducing our topic today. Of, I want to talk about unlimited time off again. And right now, you know, I'm titling this is, is why is it so, so polarizing? Um, so a couple things I want to do is, is, you know, since we had that first conversation three years ago, how has your perspective and thoughts changed on the idea of unlimited paid time off? Because it is one of the benefits that we offer. Um, and then touching on like, why is it a, a touchy, uh, touchy subject? Why, yeah. why, do, why are there, why is there usually a visceral reaction one way or another from folks when it comes to the idea of, of a benefit being unlimited paid time off? Yeah. Yeah, good questions. And so, uh, as you mentioned, you know, it, the the conversation we we had on our previous podcast, it, it forced us to go back and reflect and, and actually change some things. So I think one of the things that we almost immediately put into play was a, um, a minimum. We, we expect people to take a minimum amount of, of days off because that's one of the, um, I think, areas of pushback we heard in general, but also we heard directly from members of the team that, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like maybe I shouldn't take time off and I, you know, um, or I'm taking too much time. off. I'm taking too much time off. So what are the expectations? So even though we want to, we want the message to be that the team has autonomy to be able to design their schedule. We, we, we understood that it was important to give them some structure within that. Um, because it, it, it did tend to create some, some anxiety and some stress around how much time should I be taking off? So, so that was kind of an immediate change that, that we made coming out of that conversation. I think more broadly, um, 
you, you and I have had a lot of conversations around the importance of words that we use. And I, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, that the the word unlimited time off has a universally uh, accepted negative connotation to it. Um, most people see it as a very negative thing, as you mentioned, a bait and switch. If you start talking about this on a social network like LinkedIn, I guarantee you instantly people are going to jump into that conversation and say, no, this is just a bullshit way that, you know, companies spin off something that looks good for employees, but actually is designed to only benefit the company. And, and that's kind of the, the connotation that goes with it, which is unfortunate because, you know, in at least in our and and so do companies do that? Absolutely. For sure. They do. Um, but that's that's definitely not our desire or aim or how we run our time off um, program. But I understand that it comes with a lot of baggage. Um, and, and also, I think it's it's worth going back. And I've thought a lot about this, um, thinking about what the terminology should be to really describe what it is that we're trying to um, design for for our employees. And um, it really doesn't describe it well, right? Because if you just take it for face value, unlimited time off, um, there is going to be the uh, snarky person that is instantly going to jump into the comments and you know what they're going to say? Any guesses? They're going to say, Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm just going to take 365 days off a year. What are you going to do about it? It's unlimited time off. I have unlimited time off. Right. So, Mm. you know, it, it, it kind of creates this, this disconnect and it, it really isn't unlimited right to that point. If you know, you never do a day of work, then, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no way you can uh, afford to, to make that last um, for any appreciable amount of time. And so um, I think unlimited time off the, the idea behind it is, is correct. But I think the words probably don't do it proper justice of describing what it, it actually is. And, and from my perspective, it's um, I, I guess a couple things that we're trying to solve for, but ultimately it's about making sure that our employees have freedom and autonomy to design a schedule that works for them. Number one, most important. And number two, um, well, so three things. Number two, I didn't want any kind of arbitrary caps um, on how much time you could take off um, because, you know, things change. Maybe it's an important event. Maybe you've had like, a you know, a birth of a, of a child. Um, and maybe for some reason, like you blew all your vacation the first couple months and then some, you have an amazing opportunity in September. It's like, oh, sorry, you hit your cap. You can't go on vacation. Like we, we wanted to remove that barrier. Like if there's an opportunity to have meaningful time off, whether it's time to recharge or create a new life experience, we wanted our employees to be able to have that option and not have to constantly make a buy decision of, do I take it now or do I save this for later? Cause something may come up. Like, well, why not do both? Um, and then the third thing was we wanted to make sure that um, our employees had a reasonable amount of time to take off whenever. And it's 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 one of the drawbacks of earned PTO um, is as a new employee, you have no PTO. Maybe you have a half day, right? And you can use that to go to the dentist. <laughs> but that's about it. You have to work for an appreciable amount of time to start collecting any time off to take any time off that you need. So what happens if you're three months into a new 
um, new work experience and you have an, a great travel opportunity. Uh, maybe you just need some time to recharge, but you don't have time off. What do you do? You don't do it. And so that's a horrible experience. And so we wanted to account for that as well. Um, but to the naysayers, is it unlimited time off? Well, of course not. We actually have to do work as well. Um, so unlimited really doesn't properly describe it. What our policy is, is a policy that allows for autonomy um, and allows for flexibility for employees to be able to take time off that is is meaningful for, for them, regardless of some kind of hard cap about how much time they have available to them. Yeah. So um, a friend and I were having a conversation the other day and um, we were talking about a, a golf trip we have planned for the beginning of, of October. Um, and, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours was like, oh, have you heard from him? Is, is, is he going to come? He's like, ah, it's up in the air right now because of work PTO. Um, works for, for you know, a, a decent sized corporation and his previous boss well, was, was kind of flexible. They have the earned paid time off, but like if he wanted to, you know, take a, take a Friday, as long as he kind of scheduled things and got the, the amount of work done that week, you know, he'd be flexible with it. So then this way the, the, the PTO could be used, you know, for, for big vacations, his boss has changed. And, you know, he, he recently tried to do like, you know, take like a Friday afternoon off, but then, you know, he still did his, you know, obligatory amount of billable work for the week, but just spread it out. And then the new boss was like, Hey, I thought you were going to take off Friday. I'm seeing you, know, you put time in here on your timesheet. You know, just want to make sure, you know, like, Hey, if, if, you, if you took the time off or not. So now he's like, shit you know like you know because he had other trips planned for this year he's like not sure if he could take the those three days in october because he needs to save up the pto if one of the kids gets sick or yeah. something like that comes up and i'm like yeah that is a really crappy experience yeah you know he's, he's, no matter if you get the work done or not it doesn't matter yeah and, and i think that brings up a, a a couple of other topics to touch on one is um I think we're way even way more fluid than that and that we don't even think about like PTO as like half days or taking time off in the afternoon. Like, you know, there's no concept that, Hey, I'm taking the afternoon off. Well, what? I don't care. Like, you know, yeah. it is, it isn't a formal thing, but I understand that is a formal thing in lots of companies that an afternoon is a half day of PTO. I get that. We don't, but we don't think of it that way. Um, and I think yeah, that, so, goes, so for example, the, this Friday morning, um, and we're going to go to the zoo for two hours. We have a yeah. zoo membership. We're going to go to the zoo for two hours. You know, and I'll be back on. I'll do some work Friday afternoon before logging off for the weekend. And I think that that, uh, you know, speaks to this autonomy that we've developed that. Um, sure, there may be some core hours, but even that's hard. I mean, we have we have people spread between uh, Pacific time in L.A. to whatever universal mean time, time is in Bangkok. Like, you know, it's hard to even have core hours then. And so we've just trusted the team to build a schedule that that works for them. And this whole concept, this outdated concept of we work between eight and five or nine and five, it just, it's simply not how we work. Now, obviously that comes with challenges of being able to control your schedule. But one of the things that we've talked a lot about, and I think a lot about is this concept of the corporate you and the personal you and how much energy and time we waste on trying to create these different personas when in the end we're just we're the same person 
Um, and, and we shouldn't be fighting and spending all this energy trying to create these two separate entities that never cross. We're, we're, we're always there. We're always the same person. And to that point, again, that's gone. That's, that's, that's really helped inform our policies around. And when I say policies, I mean, we don't have like this huge employee handbook of like all our rules and regulations, just kind of things we've talked about with the team on how we work. Um, how we work. And there are times when we go on vacation where we want to be completely disconnected, where we, you know, talk to the team and say, Hey, disconnect. But there are other times where we can make meaningful differences. You know, I can go to San Diego for vacation for a week and spend 30 minutes a day moving a couple things forward. And to me, that is incredibly valuable. And I'm pretty much disconnected but I'm also not putting a burden on other people and I can move things forward. But I feel like, you know, we have that autonomy to decide, like, am I going to go to the shore today and like do an hour of work and then, you know, help move things forward and then totally disconnect? Or am I going to go and just totally just like, I don't know, that's up to you and where we're at. And again, it's, it's less about these like rigid boxes of time. And it's more about, we're all the same person. We're not different people at work and at home. Let's stop trying to pretend we are. And let's figure out how these things cohesively work together. And again, our policies around time off and how we work have taken that perspective into mind and said, you have the trust, you have the autonomy, design the schedule that is going to ultimately work best for you. And what ends up happening is, is when you trust employees to do that, they end up making decisions that also are really good for our clients, which also means it's really good for our company. Um, and that's, that's the, that's kind of this juxtaposition that most people can't wrap their head around is they think, well, you know, how can you let this employee just go on vacation for two or three weeks? Well, because by letting them do that, they're creating amazing value for the company. And if we don't do that, then they're going to be here working the whole time and they're going to be angry and upset and burned out and they're going to do shitty work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no brainer. You know, it, it's it's like the the people that like they need rules for rules' sake. Mm. It's always like, well, if we don't have the rules, then people are going to to abuse them. And it was like I was seeing this study the other day where they were talking about I forget what 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 state it, it was somewhere out in the west, like one of the several of the rural areas in this one state. They just got rid of speed limits, mm. and people are like, well, without speed limits, people are going to speed. And what they found was that people use their best judgment. Right. And, you know, they move, they used their best judgment for the vehicle they were driving, the conditions they were driving in, where they were at, time of day, all of those things. And the speed limit was, was unnecessary. So you're right. Yeah. You're going to get that snarky jerk that's like, well, if it's unlimited, you know, what if I come in and take, you know, the entire, you know, the entire year off? Well, that that's unrealistic then you know like they, they, and yes maybe unlimited isn't the right word to use right. but when when you set the proper boundaries both ways yeah you know again you can't take the entire year off but i expect you to at least take off five weeks a year throughout yeah. the course of the year at a minimum people are going to use their best judgment of how and when they take off yeah and the way I describe it to people is, is it's a relationship that we want to continue. And, and, and this is the same way we look at our client engagements, because people ask me, you know, based on our model and um, how we work, they're like, how do you keep 
clients from taking advantage of you like technically they could based on how you build your your project arrangements i'm like they could but our clients want a long-term relationship with us and they know that the minute they start abusing our way we were the way we work and our relationship that we're going to end it and vice versa is also true you know they say well how can a client trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do it's very loosely defined i'm like because we're invested in having a long-term relationship with these companies. And if we don't deliver and we take advantage of their kindness, they're going to break up with us. And we don't want mm-hmm. that to happen. And it's the same with our employees. We don't go into these arrangements hoping employee stays for six or what's the industry average, 18 months, maybe even less than that now. That's not our desire. Anybody that we hire, we do so with the thought of we want them to be with us for a very, very long time. And so the, the decisions we make are based on that. And again, both ways. So if if an employee appreciates what it is that we're offering them, they're going to use their best judgment not to take advantage of the relationship just as they would any other relationship because the company is going to break up with them if that's if yep. they don't and vice versa. If we don't live up to you know what we say we're going to do and why we created these policies and we don't offer that to our employees, then they're going to break up with us. And we don't want those things to happen because in all of these relationships we're invested in, and and honestly, it's how we view doing business as a whole. We, we have no interest in the short term. Like all the decisions we're making are based on the fact that we want the company and the people and the relationships to be here years and years and decades into the future. That's what we care about. And so that informs all of these decisions if we were just here to make a quick buck and maximize our profitability this quarter or this year, it completely changes. We don't give a crap about unlimited time off. I guarantee you, because we don't care if people move in and out. We don't care. But that's not us. That's not how we do business. Mm-hmm. One other thing that you brought up that I wanted to mention as far as how we've thought about kind of our evolving view of, of time off. And I, you know, I haven't really formally talked about this internally because I don't want to trigger this policy <laughs> anytime soon. Um, but one of the things that I learned as I was talking with um, other people and how they viewed their time off at their places of employment is overwhelmingly, I heard from people that they use their time off as an investment, um, kind of a deposit into a bank account that will allow them a set of funds that they can access when they leave their current company so that they can have um, a buffer, whether it's, you know, just some downtime or they need a move or whatever between company A and company B. And I, I thought a lot about that. And my initial reaction was that sucks. Like you shouldn't be saving up your vacation to use when you quit. Like it's to be used during your employment. So you're rested, you're relaxed, you have a break. But if this is a very real need that that people are hoarding their vacation so they have this buffer between jobs, then we should think about that. And so I talked about this on, on LinkedIn. And one of the things that I said I'm committed to doing is, okay, fine. If that's a very real issue and you don't get that with unlimited quote unquote PTO because you're not accruing an asset that you can take with you, then I'll just pay you for two weeks. If you if if you leave thirty three sticks and you find another opportunity that's a better fit, I understand. I'll pay you two weeks after your last day so that you have a buffer. If it you know, and that's important, right? And I think it is important to have that that downtime. And um, while we don't have an official policy, we've kind of joked about it. it's like every time we hire someone new, they instantly go on vacation for a couple of weeks. And I think that, that that's part true. of it. It's part of it though, right? Because I think it is important. It's such a 
major life event to change employment. And even though it happens quite regularly, it's it's exhausting and taxing. And sometimes you just need a break. And so whether it's planned or not, it's kind of been what has played out is when we hire people, they they go on vacation. Like, well, we should just make it part of what we do. Like, okay, you're hired. Let's onboard you. Okay, now go take two weeks off, get ready to come back and we'll hit the ground running. So I, you know, I understand the importance of having that that space and time between uh, between jobs and whether it's a new employee coming in or an existing employee transitioning to another employer, we're committed to supporting that buffer. And hopefully other employers will get on board with that as well. Because again, these are investments in the long-term health and success of your employees that will pay massive dividends back to the company. And, and again, you know, people always were asking me like, how can you afford to do this? And I know it's a stupid meme or something, but I think to myself, how can I afford not to do it? Because these are simple decisions to me. They're from a monetary perspective, given the overall cost that it takes to employ a person, this is very little investment with a proven return on that investment that is just massive. It's a no-brainer for me. Um, so so to, to, to kind of go back to where we started the conversation, you know, seeing right now people, people job hunting, companies recruiting, um, just, just in general, like the, the better part of, of this year, what are some red flags that, that you would, that, that would pop up for you if, if you were looking to, to switch companies and this kind of PTO policy was, was presented again, just the generic tagline of we have unlimited PTO. What yeah. would be some red flags that, you know, maybe the company isn't, uh, you know, on the up and up as, as much as, you know as you would like them to be? So I would ask lots of questions. I would ask the interviewer, like, how much time did you take off last year? When was your last vacation? What did you do? How did the company support that? I would ask all sorts of questions like that. And if there's not a authentic, quick response to that question, it's probably Mm -hmm. a red flag. I would also talk to as many employees as you can in those companies, because companies, especially right now, when there's so much competition for talent, companies have gotten really good at marketing what they think employees want to hear. And that's easy. It's super easy to create marketing to talk about what it is that you do. It's a lot harder to actually do it. And I've heard from people, you know, I went to work for employer A and they said all these really great things, but as soon as I got in there, nope, it was not like that at all. Um, and so as, as people interviewing, you, you need to remember that this is a conversation on equal ground. And historically, we haven't ever looked at it that way. It's We've always looked at it as the employers up here in this exalted place, and we're kind of groveling at their feet to get a job. And that isn't the case. And that isn't how we should look at these conversations. We should look at it as we're equals in this conversation. I'm bringing something incredibly valuable to the company and the company you are, you are investing in me to be able to bring those skills. Let's have a grown-up equal conversation about how we make that happen that's a long-winded way of saying they are interviewing you as much as no you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you so ask lots of questions talk to lots of people and if you're not getting authentic answers and you're hearing a lot of well they said this but it's actually like this run the other way so, so you've talked about a lot of how like your perspective has changed on it. Not so much of, well, we got to get rid of it, but let's clarify it. Maybe mm-hmm. let's not even use the term unlimited. Yeah. Um, let's make sure there's minimums. 
Uh, you, you've talked about talking to, to a lot of folks, whether they be employees, employers. Are you seeing any trends with this? Because I want to say that when we first had this conversation, you were starting to see backlash to this term. Mm -hmm. People were seeing it as a bit of bait and switch, whether it be just that they weren't actually accruing an asset. And it was a cheap ploy for some companies to not have this asset on the books um, or the, hey, it sounds great, but they don't actually support it. Have you been seeing any changes elsewhere when it comes to to this thing? Because it is. It, it's a controversial topic. And, yeah, the, people have really strong reactions to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're seeing at least a, a more medium and bigger size companies. Uh, we're, we're seeing companies come up with a bit of a, I guess we'd call it a compromise in that um, employees are not going to give up what they see as their freedom to take time off. And really what we're talking about again is this this sense of autonomy. Um, and employers are unwilling to give up full control over defining what that means. And mm -hmm. so while at 33 sticks, and, and I, I definitely appreciate that we have this opportunity because of our size to do this, we haven't felt the need to define any kind of boundaries other than a lower boundary. We expect you to take X number of days off because we know there may be some extenuating circumstances where it is important that employees take three or four months off in a year. We don't know. Uh, and we want to be able to be open to be able to take care of our people properly to do that. Um, but that that takes a lot of trust and it's very scary sounding. And so what we're seeing in the industry is companies saying, OK, fine, you know, we're not going to give you unlimited time off. You know, we, we that isn't really a thing, um, but we're going to get rid of this concept of earned time off because we understand that that is is challenging. So what, what we're going to give you is a range. We expect you to take, you know, 12 days off a year and you can take up to, you know, 30 days off a year. And so they're creating more of a structured range around it where they're saying you have it coming in, this is your bucket. Um, but they're not willing to go the full, we trust you to kind of take time off and we'll be flexible if there's extenuating circumstances or it makes sense to take more time off. So that, that seems to be the direction that companies are going. Definitely seeing a lot more talk around minimums um, when you know we're thinking about the importance of, of mental health and taking care of our employees long term. Now, is that minimums marketing positioning or are they actually doing it? I have no idea. You know, I, I don't think it's been playing out long enough and I haven't heard from enough people to see if companies are really abiding to what they're saying, but at least we're hearing more about that. Um, and, and again, on, on top of that, we're hearing um, of kind of some set maximums as well. You can take up to X number of days off. Now, that doesn't solve all the problems, right? Especially the one we talked about where people said it was really important to us that we save up this time off to be able to have a buffer between jobs. I don't think companies are really even thinking about that right now, um, but I'm hoping that they will. Yeah, I, 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 I will note I will note that... Um, um, I had a conversation with Will um, online at Sear uh, Interactive, um, and he, un unprompted from anything that we had been talking about, um, put a policy in recently where um, he's doing what we're talking about from an onboarding perspective. He gets uh, he gets new employees set up so they can get paid, they have benefits, and then he immediately sends them out for a week of vacation. So you know, people are thinking about it, but Will's an outlier. 
you know, will, mm-hmm. will someone that truly thinks about experience, I don't expect most companies to be thinking about that right now, but it has to start somewhere. And I think this is the start of that. Yeah. I'm curious to see where things are, are going to be in a couple of years, you know, with, you know, the conversations around that, whether it be, let's make sure you're, you know, your exit experience is, is a positive one or the, yeah, you know, go clear your head for a week or two before you actually start to dig into work. Yeah. And, and Will and I actually talked about that in person. Um, so we met up in, uh, in Vegas a few weeks ago and we talked about that specific topic. And if, if you're thinking long-term, it just makes so much sense. Um, but if you're thinking short-term, it doesn't. And, and what I mean by that is that when you signal to an employer that you're leaving, it is like, for most employers, it is an instant light switch of, we don't like you anymore. Oh, yeah. That's happened to me. It's happened to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. We do not like you anymore. I don't care how much we said we loved you. We don't care how much value you've created for the company. You said you're leaving now. We don't like you. Yeah, I, and and Will and I were talking about it. I'm like, this is such a missed opportunity because not only do you have boomerang employees, we have John, many companies have boomerang employees, but it is such a amazing opportunity to expand to extend the reach of your brand. And, and we've talked about this concept of a coaching tree that just because they're leaving your company doesn't mean you prune them out from your brand. These people, if you've done a quality job of taking care of them, especially on the exit where you've created a really positive exit experience, which most people never experience, they're going to go out into the world and continue to spread visibility into your brand. That is priceless. Yeah. I, I mean, 15 years ago, one company I was working with and it, 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 I wasn't there a long time, but the, there was this one guy, we'd always shoot the shit, uh, you know, every day in the office. And then when I decided my, to move on and, and, and my direct boss was, she was, she was fine with it. She's like, yeah, you're right. Like the, the, the opportunities for you here are limited, but where you're going sounds great. She was completely happy for me. This other person who I didn't even report to, he wouldn't even look at me in the hallway after that. And I'm like, oh, come on, really? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's a major part of business that someone needs to address, you know, um, and we can fix our problems here, but I don't know that we have the ability to fix that on a global scale, but it is a, is a fundamentally broken part of how we think about work is that on the upfront side, we lie and we mischaracterize ourselves to get a job or to hire an employee. And then we bait and switch it, which creates this bad experience from the start. Then we have this middle period where it's like, okay, well, you're part of the family. We love you. And then you have this inevitable breakup because no one stays forever. And then we hate you again. It's like, we know that this is the process for every single company and every single employee. Why are, why do we continue to do this toxic relationship where we lie, then we treat you somewhat good, and then we hate you and treat you bad? Why don't we just be open and honest and transparent and treat you good from the start all the way to the, and it's not really in an end, it's just a transition to something else. Isn't that a much better model? I mean, we think so. Yeah. I think others think so, but on the on the whole, that's clearly not how most people and most businesses think. And it's unfortunate. Well, yeah, it, it, it's we, we've talked about like in most places, it's a it just grind the people through. Yeah. You know, get them in, use them up for as much time as you can, and yep. then you move on replace to replace them, them with someone else. They're assets, they are not people. Yes. 
it's a it just it sucks. <laughs> We've all been there. Back, it sucks. Yeah. And to 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 kind of bring this full circle as we wrap up, like that's what I think about when I every I leave the shore. Whenever I spend a week or so at the shore and kind of living like that that small beach town life. Now, granted, like the the, the places I go, like they're packed during the summer um, and whatnot, but just overall that that beach town feel. And like all the places we go and visit down there, they're all small little, um, you know, it's small little, I don't want to say mom and pop shops, but you know, along those lines, you know, it's it's the family owned places and whatnot. And, um, you know, there, there's one place down there. It's like the parents own it and you know, the, the couple of the kids work it kind of thing. And, like that, that kind of feel you get in, in, in that, that small beach town kind of thing. And which it's like, in that case, it, it is, it, it's the small neighborhood place. It's, it, 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 it's much more relaxed versus, you know, the, the corporate machine. I don't know. I guess like, I just like, I, I as I've hit my forties, I started to wax romantic about it. Like, you know, <laughs> well, kind yeah. of, you know, live in that slower pace of life and, and whatnot. I mean, and there's something I think very meaningful to be said about it in that, uh, again, we've been led to believe that, and, and if you bring in some, you know, some management consultant from McKinsey or something, they'll be like, oh, these mom and pop businesses are they're a bunch of idiots. They don't know what they're doing. If you, you know, if you bring us in and we bring in a, an investment group, we can like 50x your profits and then you can go buy a you know it's the it's the story you it's the story of the mexican fisherman and the american businessman yeah right it's the you could have all this stuff and it's like well i have it right now you yeah. know what it, and and so we've we've invested in this like trying to do more and more make more and more money because that is where true riches lie and i don't know if you've seen some of the charts coming out recently about the decline in um uh, in longevity in the U.S. compared to other developed nations, specifically in Europe, and it, it does not—it's not, look not good. good. It is no. not good. So, what are we talking about? Like, we're ooh. burning ourselves out. Yeah, and it's showing up in our in our plummeting life expectancy compared to these yeah. countries in Europe that are like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Like, you Americans are crazy. Like, there needs to be more balance and slowness to life, and. You know, it's not, I mean, there's lots of components to go into that measure, but this is a huge part of it. It has a huge influence on our overall well-being. And so what? So we don't make 50x more. We're still making more money than most people in the world. I would rather have true wealth of having, you know, well-being and happiness yeah. and a slower pace of life. That to me is more valuable. When, when we were down there um, Wednesday morning, uh, my father-in-law's cousin took us out on the boat Wednesday morning. He's got a boat in the the little marina there and um, took us out on the bay for just a loop around the bay. We we're on the water for maybe an hour and a half or so. But like he he does. He runs a small little business. He picks his hours. And a day like that, yeah, you want to go on the boat? That's perfect. You're in town. Let's go Wednesday. You know, blocks out his calendar and we go jump on the boat for for an hour and a half. Yeah. And, and yeah, so he's there, you know, again, like the, the, the total, like short town, like he's got a shorts and t-shirt on and you know, yeah, let's jump on the boat. And, um, and yeah, like that, that's, that's what I've been dreaming about recently yeah. is, is that kind of lifestyle where less is more and, mm-hmm. and, and in multiple aspects of it, 
Um, you know, there's multiple songs written about like, you don't own your things, your things own you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then also less is more of the time I do spend on work, it being incredibly valuable time instead of spending 60 hours a week, churning away on everything possible, focusing my efforts on a smaller chunk of time on the most important things and the things that drive value for everybody involved the company clients you know myself uh, you know all of it that is the way and that is what we're building yeah so so that we do we don't reach that point where we're burned out i mean i've talked on this podcast multiple times about one of the things that's always been an influence in my life has been has been my grandfather um he died when i was in the seventh grade so i was 12 13 years old and he worked multiple jobs throughout his his life um to to provide for his family and then retired and got sick and died 18 yeah. months later yeah. so barely got to enjoy retirement and like this idea of like constantly putting off mm -hmm. um enjoying life until a later date and then he wasn't able to do it. And then I kind of started to fall into the same pattern in my twenties and thirties of just being a workaholic. And I do like, I'm not making light of it. Like I consider myself, you know, someone who's trying to get away from being a workaholic. Yeah. And I think that the important thing to mention as we're wrapping up here is that people take that to, to people take the opposite of that to, to say, Oh, you're just lazy. You're not driven. And that couldn't be further from the truth. What, what we're talking about is creating more with less. You mm -hmm. know, we, we, we come from this environment where we're measured by sitting it in, a, in our chair for 45 to 50 hours a week. And it's completely meaningless. What if we only work 10 hours a week, but created 100 times the value? Isn't that better? Mm -hmm. I think that's better for everybody. Uh, and so that's what, you know, that's what drove us to start the company. And that's what drives us to continue to evolve and become better at what we do is that's the point we want, we want to get to. And we want to share that with our clients and how they think about business, their life. And we definitely want to share that with our employees to position people. And our time off policy is just a part of that where we're doing less, but we're creating much more value. And I truly believe we're positioned to do that. Yeah. And like, I am doing everything I can to make sure I'm spending less and less time at my desk, um, having various tools that I can, I can walk away from it. And like, I even told you, like I sent you something last week while I was away and I just had my iPad and the house we were looking at, looked out over the marshes in the bay. And just this idea came to me as I was sitting there watching a storm roll in. So it was a rainy day. The kid, I was down for a nap and I was just sitting there. I just started writing up something. And just having those tools so that like I can be away from my desk and letting those those ideas come in. And that's when being constrained to an unrealistic time off policy, whether that's a bait and switch of saying, hey, you have unlimited time off. But then anytime you do try to cut out of the office a little bit, you get the side eye from folks. Yeah. Or the yeah, you get three three weeks of time off that includes sick time and, you know, choose mm -hmm. wisely kind of thing. Right. Um, having something that is not you know, constrained either way to be able to go and think because you, you know, I've told many people, some of my best ideas have come when I've been in the shower where I kind of put my brain on autopilot and I was like, oh, shit, that's what I do. Yeah. And, and I've talked about that as well, where like some of the most uh, complex problems that I've solved and some of the most meaningful decisions I've come to for the business happened when 
I walked away and is out, you know, going for a mm-hmm. hike or doing something completely different. And, and this kind of ties into this whole concept that we talked about of this need to have a persona of, nope, that's when I go into the office, I'm at work. When I leave the office, I'm, no, that's all bullshit. Like it's, we're just yeah. one person. And by doing so, we're chaining ourselves to a desk unnecessarily. And by doing so, we're not open to opportunities happening when we're not at work. And I think yeah. that's where the beauty comes in. And when we're open to that, the beauty of it is, is that it's like, oh, you can't work when you're on personal time. It's like, well, wait a minute. By unlocking that ability, I can now work half the amount of time and create way more value. Why would I not yeah. do that? Yeah. And then so then like, you know, like, you know, people talk about like, you know, companies of summer Fridays. Why can't we just have permanent summer Fridays? Yeah. But because we're people are tied to the 40 hour work week. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we, we've, we've broken it down and we'll continue to break it down. Others are as well. Um, but it's just the start. I mean, I, I, I realize that most people aren't as fortunate and I don't say that to be kind of condescending or look at us. I truly mean that it's like, I truly wish that more people had the opportunity to have more balance and autonomy in their, their life. Um, with work being such a huge component of it. And they, they simply don't, I think the pandemic has definitely shifted organizations to at least start thinking about it, but we're a long way off from really getting to where we need to be, but yeah, got to start somewhere. Cool. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and wrap up there, um, for this week. Again, this is always a fun topic to, to talk about because I think we, we, there's just an ever evolving perspective oh, yeah. on it and, yeah. and and everything. So it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's good to be back and, and recording and uh, we'll catch everybody later. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.